Hi, my name is Cynthia. I hope this message helps you to grow more in your faith. In this episode, I'm with my dear friend Devante to continue with the series of testimony. So stay tuned with us to hear his testimony in the next to come. More about my friend Devante, I met him during that year of my life when I began to truly follow Jesus. But Devante helped me to grow so much more in my faith and my knowledge of the Bible. What can I say about him? He's such a godly man and he breeds Jesus day and night. But Devante, would you let us know more about you? Yes, ma'am. Hello again, Cynthia and everybody here. Again, it's an honor to be here. I feel privileged um, just to share my testimony and my experience. Basically, I grew up in church. I grew up in the ministry. And I knew right from wrong. I knew things that I was supposed to be doing, and I knew things that I was not supposed to be doing. But just knowing that, that didn't make me just do right. And so I knew the thing that I was supposed to be doing because of the ministry that I'm in. They teach nothing but what's in the Bible. And so in the Bible, yes, it talks about heaven, but it also talks about hell. <laughs> There's a good and there's a bad. If you do good, you know where you're going. If you don't do good, you know where you're going. And so these are things I grew up uh, knowing. Uh, you shouldn't be out there sleeping around with people you're not married with. You shouldn't be out there uh, at the parties doing all sinful things that people do at parties. You shouldn't be doing these things. But this didn't stop me from even desiring to still want to do those things. Like I said, I grew up in church, but wasn't always doing right. Um it was back in 2012 when I actually gave my life to God. But prior to that, God would deal with me about certain things because uh, I wouldn't really fully give my life to him. It was I was still in church. I would still go to church and all these things, but not really fully surrendering my all to him. Things that I was holding on to was certain relationships. I was worried about what some of my friends were going to think about me. What were they going to say? How are they going to look at me? Because I was popular in, a, in school. People liked me. I was the class clown. I was always doing something. People, I was just that guy that people liked. Me giving my life to God, I felt like that was going to, I'm going to lose those friends. They're not going to think I'm so cool no more. They're going to think I'm lame and just a church boy. So these are certain things that were holding me back. And even certain relationships I was in, particularly like with this young lady I was dating. It just wasn't the time for me to be in that relationship. And it wasn't a relationship that was pleasing in the eyesight of God. And so these are things that God would deal with me about. I went to church on a Friday night. We have youth services. And I just went there because, of course, my mom would make me go. I didn't always want to go to church. I didn't I didn't like because I felt like it was long. I didn't. But that my parents would make you go to church. And so I went to church and then we had an altar call. Basically, when you go up there for prayer and I didn't plan on getting saved that day, but I knew that the things that God had been dealing with me about, it was things that were starting to come to pass. And even different church events I would go to prior to that. God would begin to just deal with me about giving certain things up and about the peace and the joy that I would have if I really surrendered my life to him. So the first thing I started to do was to start getting rid of the secular music. I stopped listening to rap music. I stopped listening to, to pop. I just only started listening to the gospel music. I wasn't saved. I wasn't full of God's spirit yet, but I started to put things, certain things away. I began to put away the music and I began to separate myself from certain friends, but not all of them. So fast forward back to that youth service. I went up to that altar. And that word that came forth really just picked my heart and it made me go up to the altar because I wasn't even planning to go up to the altar. But they began to pray with me. I just went up there for typical prayer. I need strength. I need help, whatever. But as they began to pray with me, begin to be an intense prayer. And so they really praying for me to receive the spirit of God. But in my mind, I'm, I'm having thoughts of, 
or what about this girlfriend? What about your friends? What about you're not going to be the cool guy no more? You're not going to be this, this and that. But at that same time, God, that's the enemy fighting my mind. But at the same time, God is bringing to my mind, hey, on the day of judgment, it's going to be me and you. And so when he brought that to my mind at that time, I'm like, man, ain't nothing worth, <laughs> ain't nothing worth giving up eternity for. Ain't nothing worth going to hell over. So I begin to make up my mind. God, I'm giving up the girlfriend. I'm giving up friends. I, and I'm doing this thinking I'm going to be living a born life. Thinking I'm going to be coming into God is, okay, just church and this, this and nothing else. But when I gave up those things, a peace came upon me that I never felt before. Even though I was in church my whole life, a, a joy came upon me that I, I couldn't even explain it. But it was like a relief of not having that world of sin on me, being bound in lust, chasing the women, watching pornography, doing these different things, going to parties, but not having peace in those things. When I gave my life to God, he gave me the peace and the joy I was searching for in the woman in the parties, in the friends, he, he fulfilled every desire that I had. And that's been uh, back in 2012. So it's going on nine years and hey, God has peace and I have everything I've been searching for. And it only came when I surrendered my all to him. Wow, your testimony is so good. It's so powerful. He's the living proof of how he can turn our lives around, how we want to change and he will give us opportunity to be more like him. I am so amazed because I know Devante and I've met him for years now. And I couldn't think that he had that life before because he's so full of the spirit. I can say that he lives a life of obedience. And and he's so amazing to see how God transformed his life to a life where he only wants to please the Lord. He is happy doing that because you thought that you're going to have a boring life. But living for Jesus, there's nothing boring about that. God gives us so many great things that replace everything else that was in the world for us. So talking about things that God does in our lives, have you ever experienced a miracle? Um, a big miracle that was, I guess you could say it was in my life. I take it personally because though it didn't happen to me, I've seen it happen to someone. Growing up, you will always hear about people being raised from the dead uh, in the Bible. You read these different things and it's like, oh, that's, man, that's, wow, that's, that's a miracle. Like, that's amazing. But not to actually have it personal in your life. And so at one particular brotherhood retreat, I wasn't actually there. I was too young to attend. I think you have to be either like 12 or 13 to attend. But at this retreat, we had a man to actually fall down and die at that retreat in the midst of over 300 brothers that were there. And so when this man died, just hearing a testimony, this is a man that I know now, I know personally, um, to cut a super long story short, our apostle, Wendell Archie, actually prayed the night before that God would raise the man, raise a man from the dead and that God would show this younger generation that God is still with us. A man, or at that 7 a.m. breakfast, a man falls down and dies in the midst of everybody. His bowels are out, there's liquids on the ground. He's been dead for about 30 minutes, just laying there on the ground. And people are there looking like, man, they need to, because we're out in the country. So it's closest hospitals, like miles away. So the man is dead, the ambulance is on the way. They put the defibrillator on him and it wouldn't even shock him because there was no pulse detected. So it's going on about 30, 45 minutes. This man is still lying there on the ground. But this man, somebody finally came to him. Hey, man, this man is dead. Like this man is out. Then comes this man, uh, Apostle Wonder Archie. He comes, walks up to that man. People that were there said he began to smile. He said he doesn't remember smiling, but he just remembered that what he prayed that night before. He said he began to look at his eyes because he, he, he's a hunter. He knows when things are dead. You begin to see like a gray or a, a, a grayness over their eyes. So he knew that this man was dead. 
this man, he said he walked up to him and he began to pray within himself, God, how do you want me to do this? But he said, he began to pray, God, I command this man's spirit to come back into his body. And he said, he reached back and he pointed towards him. And the second time he said that, he said, God, I command this man's spirit to come back into his body. And right when he said that, the man lips begin to, if I, it's, it's audio, but if you can imagine somebody going like this, he said that life began to come back into that man. All the while the defibrillator is connected to this individual, but it would not shock him. But after he spoke those words, that defibrillator said, pause to step back from patient. So after that, that defibrillator began to uh, shock that man and then knocked him, it said about four to five feet off the ground. And it began to shock him again. And, and this man began to begin to be recitated. His life came back into his body. And that is just, it's so much more to that story. But to be very brief, that was a miracle. The medical records show that this man had a cardiac arrest. It showed that he had a heart attack. But the doctors said that they saw a rip in that man's heart. But they also saw a mending of that man's heart. God sat there and healed that man exactly that same moment when apostles spoke life into that man. His heart, God, rose this man from the dead and healed him. Man, God is real and God is with us. I can see that you completely trust Jesus with everything, but has there been a day where you couldn't trust him? And what happened with that situation? Something that I'm dealing with now as far as in school. Scheduled to graduate in December, but with some classes, they just trying to push that back into the spring. This has just been like a matter of me just really just trusting in God because I'm reaching out to the deans, I'm reaching out to the to the, the, the provost, to the, the, the department heads and all these people trying to get basically a solution to the issue I'm having because I've been, like I said, I've been offered a job position and it's been some doubt that will try to come and fight my mind and be like, what if you don't do it? What if you miss out on this job? What if, what if it doesn't happen for you? But even in the midst of that, I'm, con I'm, I'm, I'm countering that with just trusting in God with having faith in him and knowing that he said that if I delight myself in him, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. It's just the different things in the word of God that has been coming to me to to encourage me and to not cause me to doubt him. Because there's been some doubt because hearing the dean telling you, no, there's nothing we can do. You, you're going to have to be pushed back. There's nothing that, that, that we can possibly do to help you. That All these things are coming and trying to cause me to doubt and to not trust in him. But even in the midst of that, I'm praying and I'm really seeking God that and knowing that he is going to make a way. Some doubt there is trying to, oh, is God going to do it? Is God going to do it? But when that thought come, when those thoughts of the enemy come of doubting God, God is just constantly bringing back his words to me to trust in him. He said to lean not into your own understanding. He said to acknowledge him in all your ways and that he would direct my path. That's how I've been countering that doubt or that lack of trust in him. It's just by bringing back his word in my memory. That's what he's been doing for me. Yes, that is so true. Uh, we have the word of God for us to believe in it. And number two, for us to claim to his promises. So every time we feel doubt in our lives, we have to constantly, constantly declare the word of God into our lives. So the enemy has no power in attacking us and fill our head with thoughts that contradict God's character. Because God says in his word that he is faithful to us. In a world where it's so easy to be influenced by the world, what motivates you to keep connecting with God and to be obedient to him? One thing that keeps me going in God is that I keep heaven on my mind. My number one desire in this life is to see him. And I committed too much of my time, too much of my life to him to not see him in people. We're all going to see him. But are you going to see him in peace is the question. 
You're going to go through some time when it's hard, when you lose loved ones, when you have to go through some pain and times. But either way, go, we all going to go through. So why not go through with him? So that's my mindset is I got to see him. I got to be with him in peace. I didn't came too long. I've been suffering too long. I didn't deny myself too long. I have to see him in peace. That's what keeps me going. In him. That's what keeps me going after him to please him because I just want to please him. At first, before I wasn't even in existence, you sent your son to die for me. Now I feel indebted to God. I feel like I owe God my life. I feel like I owe God everything. To end our conversation, what is one verse that describes your relationship with God or that has helped you throughout your spiritual life? A verse that has really helped me, that really encourages me, and really gives me strength on this life, it comes from uh, the book of Acts chapter 9 and verse 10 through 16, when God called Saul and Saul was on his way to persecute Christians. Because we all know Paul or Saul, before his name was changed, he was a murderer. He would specifically seek to kill Christians. And even at the beginning of this, and as he was going, uh, a light began to come out of heaven and began to say to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Verse 10 says this, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Verse 11 says this, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Taurus. For behold, he prayed. Verse 12, And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Verse 13, And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Verse 14. And here he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. That's verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16 says this. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. This man was chosen of God. This encourages me and lets me know that no matter what situation I find myself in, no matter how bad I feel like I have fallen, God said he has chosen us. He has chosen me. I take it personally. God has chosen me to bear his name in the midst of this world, to carry out his name, to tell people about him. He has chosen you, Cynthia, to carry his name up, to tell people about him for me. This is what God has chosen for Saul. This is what God has chosen for each and every one of us. And this is something that just keeps me going in here. And it keeps me encouraged to know that I'm chosen of God. No matter what I go through, God has chosen me. Thank you so much, Devante. I wish everybody could just see how Devante lives his life. He walks with joy all the time. Nothing seems to bother him. And we can know that this is because he lives rooted in Christ. And to the people that are listening to this podcast, that same joy and peace that Devante has in his life are available to you through Jesus. Jesus promises that his joy is our strength in our lives. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this message helped you. Stay blessed.